horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. All right. Well, welcome back to another edition of Winning Ponies. It is great to be with you. And something I kept a secret for a couple of weeks, it's great to be COVID-19 free. Um, I did test positive and uh, I just uh, came out of quarantine to be with you tonight. So uh, I'm glad, glad to be sitting in this chair and uh, d- doing what I do. But uh, anyhow, uh, th- thanks for joining us. Um, this week's show will uh, f- focus uh north of the border and into northern Kentucky. Our first guest will be Tyler Pickelsheimer. I had Tyler on several years ago, but uh, the way his career is spiraling upward, uh, who knows what he was doing uh, back then. It might have been an interview about horse tattoos, Uh, but uh, he's currently the racing secretary for the soon-to-open Turfway Park, we're about uh, two weeks, 10 days away from uh, Turfway opening. And uh, for those of you that um, have been there in person, uh, you wouldn't recognize the place right now because the place isn't there. The grandstand is gone. And it looks like they're going to operate with portable uh, pods in place on the, uh, on the track apron. Not sure what the lighting situation is going to be because they used to have lights that came off the grandstand. I know that they've got lights for the morning workouts. Um, but so, anyhow, T- Tyler, he's he's done. Y- you name it in racing, everything from, uh, you know, tattooing horses to uh, uh, being a racing secretary at, at, at Turfway, uh, Colonial uh, Downs, a racing official uh, with uh, uh, Keeneland and Churchill. Uh, and it all started in the parking lot of little old River Downs, as has many a great career, believe it or not. Uh, but uh, so Tyler will be our first guest. He's going to kind of tell us about what's going on because Turfway, you may recall, I don't know, what was it now, 15 years ago, maybe more, when it became the first track in North America uh, to race on poly track. Well, course that became a big fad and then more and more people got away from the poly track it had certain issues but uh as, as tracks stopped using the poly track uh they ran out of poly track supplies because <laughs> you weren't supplying it to 15 tracks in north america you're only supplying it to a handful so uh tapita seems to be the new uh surface of choice for uh tracks that race in uh, not so friendly weather conditions so uh, we're going to talk to him about the the change in the main track uh, any other changes that there have been there um whether or not the spectators will be allowed uh, you name it we're going to ask tyler then the racing action is north of the border woodbines the place you want to concentrate on and uh, we brought in Ernie Perry. Um, he had 
been on the show earlier this year. Really interesting, man. And he is the uh, the head clocker at Woodbine. And uh, not only does he do that, but he's been the morning line odds maker for about 10 years. And he is the official racing analyst for Woodbine. And uh, again, we've got three graded stakes races on Saturday. Two more graded stakes races on Sunday. We're going to concentrate on the Saturday races. Uh, the Ontario Derby, which is a, a bit of a rematch of sorts, as uh, it was one of those heartbreakers. We've had it in uh, the States, and it, it happened up there. Uh, Mighty Heart won easily won the first two legs of the Canadian Triple Crown and then faltered badly. In the third leg, uh, which was won by Belichick. So uh, we'll be asking Ernie about that race and what he thinks uh, may have happened there. Then we go on to the ninth race. And if nothing else, stop what you're doing at 528 on Saturday. Pink Lloyd, a legend in the making will be going to post in the Kennedy Road, a grade two, 175,000. This is a race he won last year. And then the Best Arabian, pretty tough race. I'm looking forward to asking Ernie what he thinks about that. So uh, <coughs> uh, we will, uh, those are our two guests and we're looking forward to it. Now, I always say something breaks out about 15 minutes before we go on the air and it looks like Churchill Downs is scratching all of its grass races for the rest of the meet and two stakes races. So uh, they just announced that today. Um, So it's going to continue through the fall meet and the races that will be canceled are the grade three Cardinal and the grade three river city, uh, because they're both scheduled for the turf. And, uh, so, uh, as you may or may not know, there's a horse by the name of winning impression that ran in the Derby, uh, who took a bad step in allowance race on the grass. And, uh, according to Darren Rogers, their director of communications, uh, He says that the dry weather in September led to the course's root system to not take his hold as much as desired. So they've had some occasional problems in recent years. But uh, anyhow, no more turf racing and two less stakes. Last year, they ran 26 stakes during the fall meet on the grass or races on the grass. And this year, the number will be 14. Well, the guy we'll be talking about a little bit later in the show is none other than Mark Cassie. And uh, he has now won 3,000 races during his career. Uh, He entered the Hall of Fame earlier this year. And uh, the win was down at Gulfstream Park West, where Pete Aiello calls the races. So uh, what I didn't realize was that he's a native of Indiana, he must be on the Kentucky border. Uh, saddled his first winner in 1979. Uh, but boy, he's spread out. He's probably best known for his ability to operate successful stables, both here in the U.S. and in Canada. He's always had a lot of success. I mean, he, he's won training titles at Woodbine, Keeneland, Churchill, and Turfway. What a guy. And he's not that old. Well, if you're a big fan 
of Javier Castellano. You will be seeing him for a little while. He's going to have hip surgery, and he decided that this was the best time to do it. It was something he was going to uh, have to uh, do anyhow, the 43-year-old. And, uh, you know, he's he's won some really good races. Uh, he did uh, test positive for the COVID, came out of it just fine. He just said, you know, this is a little bit of a downtime, and I, I want to be back in time for the Pegasus down at Gulfstream. So I'm going to go ahead and get the surgery. Uh, who, he's got Dr. Brian Kelly. You know, he works on uh, Lady Gaga, uh, Alex Rodriguez, uh, and he's the team physician for the Rangers, the Giants, and the New York Red Bulls. So, uh, and he, Javier Castellano in the Hall of Fame in 2017, second in all-time earnings behind just Johnny V with 354.6 million. <laughs> wow. So good. Glad when we see you back in the saddle hobby. Now fan duel has been popular over the last couple of years. They are now partnering up with Fairmont park and they're going to rebrand that, uh, th- that track, the fan duel sports book and horse racing. That will be weird. Fairmont's been there, I think, about 90 years. They should have kept that name in there. Uh, But anyhow, they say they're going to make significant investment in in Fairmont Park. And uh, they're going to uh, bring back one of their big races, the quarter-million-dollar St. Louis Derby. That was the track signature event. But it hasn't been run since 2006 because of financial constraints. So what you forget is that it's, it's an Illinois racetrack, <laughs> even though everybody think relates it to St. Louis. Uh, it is, it is across the river, uh, but it's the only one that's not near the Chicago, uh, metro area. Uh, I guess they're going to get 53 live racing dates, uh, next year. And of course, uh, daily simulcasting with FanDuel there. They're going to get a sports book in there pretty soon. All right. Updates on cancellations. Golden Gate cancels racing for the remainder of November due to COVID-19. Now, here's some good news is, uh, the upcoming Tampa Bay meets is going to allow fans, uh, they're going to be spread out. They're limiting the seating. Um, so, you know, everything, um, you know, making more outdoor private spaces and, uh, they're limiting the number of benches and, uh, reducing box seating, but it's such a quaint little track and, uh, they, they treat you so well down there. So I'm happy to know that, uh, uh, fans will be back at Tampa Bay. All right. Uh, recent retirement, Sarah Getty Empress is back to the farm where she was foaled. Taylor made farm. That's right. She's g- going to go there and she's got a date with a guy by the name of into mischief is there a hotter sire right now so uh she uh <clears throat> you know really had just uh, an amazing career i mean uh she she won stakes uh, all over the place and uh was uh, uh second in the recent breeders cup philly and mare sprint uh congratulations to dr joe politi who's been on the show uh before and uh you know he uh he, he he's a fantastic surgeon and i'm just glad that he backed into a horse like this his family have been breeding horses in ohio for many many years so uh she retires and goes to into mischief with earnings of uh, two 
million dollars all right well let's see uh, we got time to fit in a couple race results uh red flag rolled in the bob hope stakes um jerome and tina moss own red flag uh won by seven and a quarter lengths for his first stakes victory in the grade three bob hope and then another baby star in the making um a filly by the name of astute she's now two for two she's from the richard mandela barn ridden by mike smith man she is a big beautiful chestnut daughter of spitestown she took the hundred thousand dollar desi arnez for two-year-olds and they say that they might be able to squeeze another race into her before the season is out so uh uh we will see, but man, remember that name, jot it down, Astute. She was really something else. Um, so we already told you about uh, Churchill suspending turf racing, but they did take the uh, Mrs. Revere off the grass, put it on the main track, and that went to Princess Grace. Okay, well, that's pretty much all the news of the day that I could squeeze in in the time allotted. Well, we come back, a man that throughout his career in racing has worn many hats. We're going to be talking to the racing secretary at the upcoming Turfway Park meet, Tyler Picklesheimer. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full field with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll free. 1-866-472-5788 or send us an email at show at winningponies.com John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, I kind of uh, read you the resume of uh, Tyler Picklesheimer at the top of the show, and I didn't tell you everything he's done because uh, the show only lasts an hour. But uh, nonetheless, uh, Tyler, great to have you with us. How you been? Good, John. Glad uh, glad to come on. Been doing I, good. I, uh, 
want to give you uh, early happy birthday wishes, I understand. Yeah, at, uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow's the uh, 50th turn around the sun, so everything's good. Oh, man, what I wouldn't give to be 50 again. But anyhow, um, <laughs> I, I want to kind of go through your career and, and, and then kind of get a, you know, if you, if you kind of paint a view for us of the upcoming uh, Turfway meet. But um, what I ha- had forgotten is that your career started out in a very important place because a lot of successful people uh, in racing and sports have come out of the River Downs parking lot as one of their first jobs. And uh, examples are the legendary announcer, Terry Wallace, uh, used to have a job there. Um, See, I thought you were going to say the legendary announcer, Ed Meyer. Uh, You threw me there. I was going to get to that. I was going to get to that, but I'm not sure which of his attributes I want to state. But, uh, uh, you know, Terry Wallace ended up out at Oaklawn Park, and I think he ended up calling, like, more races than any announcer ever. But then uh, Mick Cronin, who used to coach at Cincinnati, and I believe he's at UCLA right now, um, he started at at River Downs. And then, of course, the legendary Ed Meyer, uh, odds maker, gambler, handicapper, um, you know, track announcer. Uh, He's a racing official in Kentucky now. I believe he's uh, helping Turfway out. So uh, anyhow, and I'm probably missing some people that started out in that parking lot, but uh, those were good times back then for sure. Now, um, from from River Downs, now we're going back now. We're going back to to pre-Turfway days, um, when it was Latonia. Did you ever work at Latonia? Uh, no, I, my, uh, my stepfather worked at Latonia, uh, uh, Rick Lee in the, uh, racing office. I think he was the, the assistant there. And then, um, uh, I didn't start until, uh, Jerry Carroll and, and his group took over and, uh, like 86, somewhere around there, the Turfway. Yeah, quite an improvement. I think Jerry was the guy that went out and took the uh, two-by-fours down that were holding up the tote board. <laughs> no People think we, I'm yeah, joking. We... I'm not joking. Nope. If you went behind the tote board, it was being held up by a bunch of two-by-fours. But, yeah, he, he made great improvements to that track, no no doubt about it. But kind of take me through your career because one thing that kind of threw me off, I thought I saw you on the backstretch at River Downs one time, and you had all this equipment with you, and that was back in the day when you used to actually ink horses' tattoos to them. Well, that yeah, had so, to be a strange experience. I wouldn't want to be up around a horse's mouth like that. So we, uh, like I said, we started at River Downs. I actually started at Turfway Park in, in the racing office uh, <clears throat> as far as on the regulatory side of, of the racetrack. The uh, Mary Ellen uh, Hickey used to ride. I don't know if you remember her or not. She yeah, I do. Took, she took uh, maternity leave. And my stepfather, Rick Lee, was the racing secretary. I just graduated from college, uh, was living at home, and he said, uh, you're going to be a placing judge this meet. So I said, I don't know what I'm doing. He said, we'll teach you, uh, which, was, which was good because they taught me what, what they wanted me to learn, um, and I was able to develop my own bad habits from there. But uh, <laughs> from, from there, we went on to you know, River Downs, uh, worked for Gary Wilford at River Downs, and then um, got on the Kentucky circuit, worked for Jerry Botts at Churchill and Howard Battle at Keeneland, and um, just you know stayed within the Kentucky circuit for for a while, and then started uh, 
tattooing horses, uh, just a little side job. That basically, you have the, the full certificate of the horse, which is similar to a, a, a birth certificate or a car title is what it looks like. And you compare the body markings and the color of the horse um, to the horse you're looking at, and then everything matches. You tattoo the, the horse with a letter and a series of numbers. Now, we've, we've moved forward from actual lip branding to a digital tattoo process. So now the Jockey Club will issue a uh, microchip to the breeder. The breeder's vet inserts the microchip. Um, that gets input into the Jockey Club's registry. And then the tattoo technician, the, they call it a digital tattoo technician now, will follow up uh, before the horse makes its first start. Uh, verifies the microchip number with a scanner, uh, verifies the body markings, takes a series of pictures, and that's the new the new tattoo process. Yeah, it was interesting. The first time I saw it, I think uh, ex-leading rider Lori Wydeck is uh, 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 in charge of the uh, um, paddock identification. It, it almost looked yep. like a, a small... Uh, you know, iPad that she just rubbed up against the horse's yeah. neck, and then she turned to the stewards and say, you're good to go. Well, uh, Tyler, as you know, we've both logged a lot of hours at, at, at Turfway Park uh, over the years and uh, have seen changes. I mentioned earlier the first track that installed uh, a poly track. And one of the things I wanted to ask you since you've been on both surfaces and have watched horses go over both surfaces is what do you, the, 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 the tapita, the tapita is down. Uh, what are the early reports? So far, all, all good news. Uh, we finally got some rain on it and, you know, we were sort of curious to see how it was going to perform after heavy rain. And, um, not that we didn't think it was going to perform well. It was just, you know, you never know until you see it, you know, with your own eyes. But uh, no, it's it's so far um, rave reviews and uh, horses are getting over well. We had uh, Wesley Ward came up and uh, he's got some horses on the grounds again this year. He galloped a horse over the course um, uh, two or three days before we opened it up for training, and he gave us a thumbs up. So it's you know so far everything's uh, everything's on schedule and we should be ready to run December second. That, that's a pretty good recommendation. Two thumbs up from a guy like. Wesley Ward. Now, when we were talking the other day, you started telling me about some of the trainers you expect to be there this year. You want to run some of that list down to me? They were pretty impressive. Sure. Um, I asked Mewson was there last year. He's coming back. Um, let's see. We had Rudolph Brissett, who's got some stalls this year. Rudolph was um, being Cohn's assistant there 20 years ago. <clears throat> and that's when Left Peru was riding for being Cone, just came to the States. Um, we've got Eddie Keneally. Um, Mark Cassie is going to have some horses with us. Uh, Jonathan Thomas. Uh, Neil Howard. Um, uh, um, yeah, so, Eddie, so we, we, Greg Foley's going to have some stalls. So we have a lot of those traditional uh, outfits that you're used to seeing at you know, Churchill and Keeneland throughout the spring and uh, summer and fall. And uh, they're going to, you know, be spending, you know, the winter with us this year. So that'll, that'll be a, a nice addition. Good. Well, uh, I'm partners on a horse that uh, Greg Foley's training. So I hope I get a chance to come down and see him. I guess that's my next question. Uh, 
tell me, you told me there's only a very few offices or building remaining and the grandstand is gone. I am correct. Correct. So all that's really left, the, the backside is intact. We, we haven't had an opportunity to <clears throat> do any work back there yet. So the, the, the racing office, the, um, the rec room, the track kitchen, all that's still intact. Um, which it's a good building. I don't think there's other than, you know, a coat of paint, which we've done, you know, there's not much else to do back there, but, uh, the, the, as far as the grandstand, it's gone. We have the jocks room and the claims office, um, on the front side. And that, that's it. Uh, we've, we've brought in some temporary, uh, I don't know if you noticed it, it derby week, the, the suites in the infield inside of the turf course, We've brought in three of those suites and, and elevated them, uh, I don't know, 10 or 12 feet off the ground for the the, the, the announcer, Equibase, the placing judges, Teletimer, and um, the stewards. And so they're, they're going to work out of those suites. And we brought a trailer in for the horsemen. Um, after they saddle, go get out of the weather, um, get a cup of coffee or whatever, and watch the race, then they can go back to the barn. So it's, it's, it's limited, but... You know, it'll a uh, little bit of patience, and it, it's going to be great when it's finished. All right, so that that's interesting. You said that they brought in some of the infield. Now, of course, when we say they, we need to let remind everybody. I covered the story extensively last year that the track is now owned by Churchill Downs. Th- those were pretty good looking suites. Yeah, no, they're they're actually much nicer than what we've worked out in the past. So <laughs> we're uh, we're looking forward to it. <clears throat> I, I was there. I remember in the press box, you had to watch where you put your racing form or you'd get some drips on it during a, a snowy oh, day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but the, yeah, it, it's a building that certainly had uh, uh, spent its time. I mean, the last thing yeah, you want to do is. I, 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 I don't think there's, I don't think a, a, you, you could have put enough band-aids and banding or, uh, you know, wire together to put it back together. So it was, it was overdue. Yeah, it was. It was. It, it, it was built for a time way back when, and and I'm sure when the new one comes up, it, it'll it'll be much reduced in size. But let's face it, Tyler. When's the last time you know, if, besides Derby Day or Breeders' Cup, like, except for this year, where where you've seen a grandstand packed? You know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep. With, with all the yeah. betting outlets. Hey, you know, people, yeah, I would say but, everybody has the. The ability now to go online and bet, and you know, with the the COVID restrictions, I think people are are you know more apt to do that. And um, you know, handle was up pretty good across the U.S. this spring uh, through online wagering. So you know, as long as as long as the people can see us and, and are still interested in our product, um, you know, I think we're going to be good. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you think about it, Tyler, they're actually with the COVID things. You might not have used a new grandstand anyhow. No, correct. Yeah, I mean, we were. Yeah, <clears throat> so actually, we were. We were not going to have fans this year, regardless, just because of construction. So um, it's sort of business as usual for us this year. Very interesting. Now, planned, I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> there's been no. Uh, I'm guessing. I'm asking this question. Has there been any changes? to the layout of the track. I know initially there were rumors about a turf course. I don't believe that's going to come to fruition. Uh, are, are there any other design changes or anything to the main track? 
No, not really. I think the the, the front stretch was narrowed a little bit. Um, it was a, it was a they cut maybe ten feet off the width of it, <clears throat> but it was it was a, a wide front stretch anyway, so that it's not going to affect anything. Um, but other than that, it's it's the same oval, and uh, just with the tapita, we got a new a new base, a new drainage system, and you know we're we're ready to go. Now. Um... With with all that's going on, I just announced uh, Golden Gates closed for the rest of the year. I believe there's at least one jockey that's not going to be allowed up at Woodbine for this, these races this weekend. Um, what kind of protocols do you have in place for the whole COVID thing since this is your kind of startup meet with Churchill Downs? Yeah, we're going to follow the same protocols Churchill has. Um, in-state riders, before we start, we'll have to have a COVID test. And then if they leave the state, they'll have to have another one. Uh, Out-of-state riders are going to have to be in-state, have a negative COVID test within 72 hours before they can ride. Um, then they'll do temperature checks and, and uh, social distancing within the, within the jocks room also. It, well, so that, that's know, pretty much been the standard throughout Kentucky this, this summer. Right, right. So you'll just adopt whatever rules have, have happened in, in Kentucky. But now – <clears throat> maybe maybe I miss it when you explain it to me, but like, can for some of your bigger races, can jockeys ship in from California, or do they have to be there ten days in advance? They would have to be here at least seventy two hours out to test, and you can get a negative within Kentucky. Oh, okay. Because uh, I see uh, the uh, the horse that won your Jeff Ruby Stakes is uh, favored in the $125,000 Ontario Derby. So uh, you, you're de- you're definitely going to have, have – have you had to cut back on any stakes, or are you going to try to have the similar ones that you had last year? No, we, the stakes schedule is going to stay intact um, from last year. We Ideally, we, we're going to add to it. But with everything shut down this summer, we, you know, just didn't have the purse money to do it. Um, you know, the, the allowance races took a little little bit of a haircut on the KTDF purse money, but the association money stayed the same. So all the claiming races are, are what they were last year. We're going to give away in December and throughout the rest of the winter, uh, I would say 180000 a day, give or take. Um, so it's, it's a much improved purse schedule than over two years ago before Churchill took over. Now, uh, should I show up to see the horse that Greg Foley trains for me? Um, Will I see familiar faces or will it be staffing from Churchill Downs? Though I I think a lot of those people might go to the fairgrounds uh, during the winter. Uh, How will the face of the place, uh, is it going to remain somewhat the same? I know you're still the racing secretary. Yeah, no, we're 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 all the same. Um, you know, same security guards and, and, and same track superintendent, <clears throat> same racing officials. Um, you know, nothing nothing's really changed as, as staffing wise for us. Um, have you got any line on um, the the jockey colony and who um, may or may not uh, be showing up? You know what? A lot of them like to talk like they're staying for the winter, but. Um, you know, until they get first that past that first week of brutally cold, <laughs> I, I, I don't believe it. But you know, we I'm sure I'm sure we'll have you know the, the a lot of the Churchill guys will come up here and ride um, some in December before they ship out to Oakland or Florida or wherever. 
But, um, you know, like I say, until they get out there and, and, and get in the cold um, and, you know, prove they're going to stick around, it's, you know, it's hard to believe. Well, uh, we'll find out because we've seen that, you know, and all of a sudden certain tracks in Florida or the fairgrounds open up, of which they will about the same time. I believe the fairgrounds always opens up right about uh, uh, Thanksgiving. So I, I guess yeah. that you really you don't have to worry about uh, your New Year's Eve party or your giveaways. No. No. <laughs> so, you know, just one less thing for management. And I guess you probably don't even need a marketing department uh, that that will take, take care of. And I guess that will take care of itself, uh, uh, you know, next year as you get closer. Uh, Tyler, I got only about a minute left in uh, this segment. So for our fans that want to see Kentucky racing in the winter, uh, what days and times will Turfway Park be running? Through December, we're going to go Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 615 post. Uh, I believe New Year's Eve and New Year's Day will be a uh, um, one o'clock post for the holiday, and then um, starting the second week in January, we're going to go uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, six fifteen post all the way through March. Okay, and and so uh, you know, I, I I wish you best of luck. It sounds like you're going to have a, a backstretch full of quality people. Uh, you got the two thumbs up from Wesley Ward, so you know he'll be starting a lot of those talented uh, uh, youngsters down there. And the other names that you drop, not to mention you know uh, you know steady guys that we like, like Jeff Greenhill, will be uh, filling your book. So I don't don't hope you have to hustle any horses. I hope you have to. Uh, have an AE, AE on every race, Tyler. There we go. All right. Well, best of luck to you, and uh, don't eat too much cake tomorrow. No. Well, I wouldn't. No promises. <laughs> All right. Thank you, John. All right. Tyler Picklesheimer, you, you, you name a job in racing, and he's pretty much done it. Well, uh, coming, coming up next, uh, we're going to be talking uh, – North of the border with Ernie Perry, the head clocker at Woodbine. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full fields with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. 
follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right. Well, we are back. We are still trying to get a hold of Ernie up there at uh, at Woodbine, since Woodbine is one of the sponsors of Winning Ponies. And I, I hate to get out of the box uh, uh, too early with uh, uh, his... Uh, his woodbine selection so bear with me here folks as we're we're looking to uh to get ernie i want to look at we've got uh, obviously other stakes that are coming up over the weekend and uh we're going to take a, a look at those while we continue to try to get a hold of ernie now um there is a, a woodbine stake for two-year-olds they're canadian breads on friday and that is the Frost King Stakes, okay? Um, Hundred thousand for the two-year-old, six and a half. Now, some stakes races that are going to take place over the weekend. Uh, there's a couple graded ones that we didn't touch on, and uh, the first, hopefully, the turf is good at uh, at uh, Aqueduct is uh, the Red Smith, uh, Grade Three on the turf. That's a hundred thousand dollars three and up going 11 furlongs and then we have the grade three chaluki that's going to take place saturday at churchill downs now this is a, a three and up and it's a hundred thousand dollars uh going a mile on the dirt and then out at delmar again we're talking saturday stakes now uh the grade three native diver uh, that's $100,000, and that's at a mile and an eighth. Uh, then Gulfstream Park West uh, has uh, two stakes on Saturday. The Juvenile Phillies Turf, that's two-year-old Phillies uh, going a mile on the turf. And the Millions Turf Preview, and that's uh, going three and up, uh, a mile and a sixteenth on the turf. Of course, uh, ho- hopefully we'll get a hold of... Uh, Ernie here and talk about the uh, Bess Arabian, the Kennedy Road, and the Ontario Derby. Also on Saturday at Woodbine, a $150,000 race, though it's not graded, is the Ontario Damsel, and that is for three-year-old fillies. But like I said, it's going to be a busy weekend uh, north of the border because also they have the two graded stakes races that they have on Sunday. Now, this is the 22nd now, uh, would be the grade three gray stakes. That's 125,000 for two-year-old boys. 
and the grade three Mazarine stakes. That's 125,000 for the two-year-old girls. So those will also be taking place uh, at Woodbine. Um, so uh, that pretty much covers uh, the races here in North America. Although there is a stake on Monday, uh, some good horses show up for this. They Mahoning Valley has the Steel Valley Sprint, and this is not a state-restricted race. This is wide open. You should see some of the horses that show up uh, because it's six furlongs, it's for three-year-olds, and it's 200000 and that's at uh, uh, Mahoning Valley. So uh, we, uh, if you're looking for something to do on Monday, that's not going to be a bad option at all. I'm glad I just caught that. So um, that that's a look at the other stakes action that's going to take place on uh, on uh, the weekend. Now let's see. Let me pull up some of my notes while we still try to get Ernie. Uh, we're just getting his voicemail right now. Um, sometimes I get so many stories going on here. Oh, I guess one story is with all, with all those races um, coming up, uh, you're going to want to pull down our easy win forms. Now, it's interesting. Now, just just uh, yesterday at Mountaineer, where we had several winners this week, uh, but uh, yesterday we had two, a $1 Super 5 key with the easy win forms that paid $4,300 and a $1 Super that paid $1,800. Again, that's Mountaineer, and we've had a really good week. Indiana Grand is up and running. How about this? On the 12th, a 50-cent pick five. 7,443. Uh, then we had a 50 cent pick five that paid 4,100. And the most recent was a 10 cent super high five that paid 1,859. Well, uh, that's a, a look at uh, some of the tracks the easy wind forms will be covering and a list of all of the good stakes races. Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So we're going to take a little bit of a break and we come back. We're going to cover the Bessarabian, the Kennedy Road, and the Ontario Derby. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. 
Pick, bet, and cheer on live racing from Woodbine and Mohawk Park. Thoroughbred and harness action. The wagers are just the beginning. Watch award-winning broadcasts covering both breeds. Incredible battles contested over the most unique grass course in North America. Experience the full field with over 130 thoroughbred and 160 live harness days. Get access to free handicapping material and join the ranks of Woodbine and Mohawk Park players from all over the globe. For more information, visit woodbine.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free. 1-866-472-5788 or send us an email at show at winningponies.com John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, thanks for coming back uh, to Winning Ponies. We're going to cover the races at Woodbine. And I want to remind everybody that, uh, especially if we're on the top of easy wind forms. Now, next week, um, it's going to be huge in that uh, it is uh, Thanksgiving weekend. So I want to wish you all a wonderful Thanksgiving. I hope uh, it'll be different. Uh, you know, a little less uh, family around, but in some cases that might be a good thing. So uh, anyhow, it uh, it, it uh, starts out uh, at Churchill, Delmar, and Fairgrounds are all going to have races on Thanksgiving. Uh, at uh, Churchill's the Fall City, that's a grade two. Uh, grade three on the turf at Delmar, the red carpet, and then the Thanksgiving Classic, at the fairgrounds uh and then following that a great weekend of racing uh you got the grade three comely uh at aqueduct uh how about the the clark handicap is looking to be a really good one at churchill downs and that is a uh, half a mil um and uh, it's a grade one. So, you know, they're still trying to horses are being added as we speak. I keep getting press releases from people. So don't forget to check out the uh, the Clark handicap over the weekend. Uh, there'll be plenty of done. You probably won't have any reason to get away from some of your family you don't like. Uh, <laughs> like other Thanksgivings, because hopefully it'll be minimal and everybody will be safe. But there's also the grade two Hollywood Turf Cup out at Delmar and then the, the the following day man that is packed the 28th I can't even go through them all uh but uh it, it is amazing I'm kind of one two three four five six seven eight graded stakes races so um 
So get tied on for next week, Thanksgiving weekend, a lot of good racing. All right. Well, we were talking about Woodbine and uh, apologies uh, to you or apologies to Ernie Perrin. Uh, we're just not able to hook up with them. Um, now, the Ontario Derby. Yep, it's a derby, but this one's a mile and an eighth. It's a grade three, 125,000. This looks to be a very interesting race. Um, <clears throat> wouldn't it take a horse by the name of Belichick to play spoiler? And uh, Mighty Heart, uh, who is in this race, is going to be a rematch. <laughs> between Belichick and Mighty Heart, and that Mighty Heart was going for the Canadian Triple Crown. In the last race they met, the $400,000 uh, breeders. Now, again, these races are restricted to Canadian uh, Canadian breads, but the races we're going to cover right now are open, although mostly uh, horses that have been racing at Woodbine. But Mighty Heart and Belichick are going to match strides again in the Ontario Derby at a mile and an eighth. Now, the last race there, uh, Belmont, if you would, is a mile and a half, but it's on the turf. And uh, that was uh, doesn't seem to be the best footing uh, for Mighty Heart. Mighty Heart has only had two clunkers uh, during his career, and both of those took place on turf courses. This will be on the Tapeta track up at Woodbine, going a mile and an eighth. But this Belichick is only it just broke its maiden in that race. That's not bad. You win one race and you got three hundred fifty-seven thousand in earnings. <laughs> not bad at all. But uh, it, it it did run second behind Mighty Heart. Uh, in the Queen's Plate. And this is a horse that you love to see this. Uh, Josie Carroll trains the race. Great trainer up there. Um, but if you look at its speed progression, it gets better and better and better every start. So uh, it might just not been the distance. It might not have been the turf. Um, maybe Belichick is the now horse and Mighty Heart. We'll find out if he's got a mighty heart and come come back after that horse. I I do understand that uh, he was being pestered the whole way around by some 100 to one shot, and that may have uh, compromised his chances at, at winning that race. But uh, I, I've talked about two horses. I think the horse you can't leave out is Field Pass. Now we're just talking to Tyler of the at, uh, Turfway Park and uh, the Jeff Ruby Stakes winner, which. Is, was at the time a poly track, um, won that race, grade three. And since then, it's been running on the grass, uh, but it's been really facing some tough, you know, graded competition. It's also a Mike Maker horse going long this time of season, Lemon Drop Kid, both Belichick and Field Pass are by Lemon Drop Kid, so you know the distance should not be a question. So, so those will be the, the ones that you want to concentrate on right there. Then here's your single of the day, ladies and gentlemen. I was hoping to uh, talk to Ernie about what it's like to witness every one of Pink Lloyd's 31 lifetime stakes. This horse has won 26 of 
31 lifetime starts. It comes into the grade two Kennedy Road. Six for a long dash. This is a horse who that is his specialty. 20 times he's raced at this distance. 19 wins and one second. Um, I really wanted to ask Ernie about his career. And of those, uh, he's not coming into this race off 10 consecutive wins. And nine of those, he was odds on. And he's seven to five in the Kennedy Road. Who does he got to beat? Well, he's obviously got to beat them all. But uh, it, it looks like this ride a comet from the Cassie barn is a mystery horse. Though Cassie's got two in there, and it looks like he might be using Super Stonehenge as a rabbit for ride. Ride a comet was off two years. He he won the Del Mar Derby a Grade Two in 2018. I wonder if they tried to stand him at stud, and he just wasn't firing bullets. I don't know, but uh, he came back October 16th and ran the fastest race of his life at Woodbine going seven furlongs. So ride a comet, interesting mystery horse. Can he beat Pink Lloyd? My pick three ticket's going to say, nah, baby, nah. Then we have the Bessarabian. It's a grade two race, 175,000. And this is, you got to go wide on this ticket, folks, because there's so many different reasons to to like horses. There's a 10 to 1 shot in here. He's the two horse called Boardroom. Now, uh, Boardroom has only lost one race in his life. He's, uh, she's rather, is a daughter of commissioner, has been pretty hot this year, sold for 475000 Josie Carroll trains this one. But the race that this horse lost, it broke its reins. <laughs> it was everything Louis Contreras could do to just get him to the wire. And there are two horses in this race, Artie's Princess and our secret agent uh, that beat Boardroom in the Ruling Angel. Well, come back in the Duchess Stakes at seven furlongs, the distance of the Bessarabian, and uh, no problem with the reins. It gets the job done as the two-to-one favorite. So he's 10-to-1. I think that's that's worth it. And then um, you got to keep an eye out for Josie Carroll's other horse, Painting. Um, who has been very, very consistent, a lot of close misses, is a graded stakes winner, is one, two, three, four times graded stakes placed. And these are all recent races. Uh, and it'll face two horses that beat him in the last, the Amalfi Coast and Super Escape. Uh, Amalfi Coast won this race last year by two lengths. Uh, has only won one race this year, but that was in its last start, and that was the fastest race that horse ever run. Again, Amalfi Coast is one you've got to keep on your ticket. I think you got to keep Jakarta on your ticket. Uh, it ran a very strong race uh, at its last start at uh, Keeneland. It was the Grade Three Bankers Trust. Franklin County Stakes, uh, where it led most of the way and just got passed late uh, by Got Stormy and Into Mischief. But that that, that was some tough, tough company right there. So uh, you're going to have to go wide on this ticket. I think the horses you got to keep in there are uh, Boardroom, uh, Painting, Amalfi Coast, and Jakarta for sure. 
And just when I say that, probably super escape the rabbit or the, <laughs> the other horse from Trombetta's barn will get up. So, folks, um, I, I wish you all a fantastic Thanksgiving. I, I hope you, that you have a wonderful time. And uh, I want to thank my producer, Josh. You don't know how much of a help he is to me, kind of keeping me in line, let me know what's happening. So for all of us at Winning Ponies, have a wonderful Thanksgiving and come back and join us every week at this time. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners.